Hello and welcome. This is the What If I Told You podcast, a show that finally got listeners in Idaho. Yeah, last episode we talked about John, no H, he, J-O-N. he's holding it down for Idaho right now Hell and yeah. we're, we're here for it. So once again, John, we love you very much. You're now our favorite person in Idaho. Yep. So keep up the good work. Absolutely. Today we are recording virtually because sickness has hit my household once again. And uh, I haven't been feeling too hot, but today I'm feeling better. So hopefully this sounds good. I'm using better headphones than I was last time. So we shall see. I'm sure it will sound. Even the ones we did virtual in the past, they sounded fine. Yeah. Obviously not as good as like recording on our our own gear, but. Fucking COVID, dude. Yeah. You know, last night I watched that new movie Songbird um, about COVID-23 with a. Oh, it came out last year. Hmm. And I feel like they could have done a lot more with it. Um, It was basically only surrounding like one scenario. But Mm -hmm. as we're sitting here recording virtually, like I swear to God, if four years from now, we still have fucking lockdowns and quarantines because of COVID, I'm just going to fucking move to a deserted island i agree uh i totally agree we'll just have to take the whole pod biz overseas yeah um i'm trying to think of uh let's see there are several islands around ireland i believe um iceland is apparently amazing they have a pretty low population number, so <laughs> they could accommodate us. We could be Icelandic. They have sweet names in Iceland. So in Let's Iceland, um, apparently it's like something that all of the like northern European countries used to do, but only Iceland really does it now. So you get the last name so girls get daughter on their as their last name and the boys get son Hmm. but um it's not like a family name so like I only know this because of CrossFit I don't do CrossFit but I do watch it (laughs) um so there are several Icelandic CrossFitters and one of them her name is Katrin David's daughter so her dad's name was David and her mom's name, I think her mom's last name was Helga daughter. So you can get your dad's name as your last name, like Katrin, or you can get your mom's name. So Katrin, her last name is David's daughter. Her mom's last name is Helga daughter after her grandma. And like Magnuson, 
is he's like an Icelandic weightlifter or something. Matt Magnuson. That's very different. It's very different. So you don't have like how you don't have regular surnames like you do here. Like my whole family is Greer. Your family is Sloan. Right. It's Mm. not like that. It's very weird and interesting and I kind of like it. I don't know if that's more confusing or less confusing. I don't know. But I feel like it's more confusing to explain, but once you like see it, it would make sense. Right. Absolutely. Anyway, that's that doesn't mean anything and it has no bearing on what we're doing today. Well, other than the fact that we're moving to Iceland. So right. We're moving to Iceland. That's where that came from. Yeah. Yeah. So pack your bags. Let's fucking go. And my new last name is going to be James's daughter. I don't know how I feel about Eugene's daughter. (laughs) You can use your mom. Yeah, there we go. Kathleen's daughter. I like that. Yeah. Mine could be be Amy's daughter or James's daughter. I think I'm going to go with James's daughter. I like that. It does have a nice ring to it. So today, first of all, fucking follow us on Instagram, check out our TikTok, and send us a goddamn email at whatifitoldyoupodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, please, for the love of God. Please. And while I have it up so I can click out of this and continue looking at Madeline's face, we received a DM on our IG from Francois and this is what he said he said hey you guys my name is Francois and I want to say hi and to say I love your podcast and all the episodes you make you two are so funny and you guys inspire me to start my own podcast can you guys please do an episode of the haunting of Connecticut or the Amityville horror and to answer your question yes we absolutely fucking can yes I love a haunting same and it's almost spooky season it really is i think you know it's the what the 22nd today Mm -hmm. so we have just a few like a week left before it's september and september is when it's fully acceptable to go a hundred percent halloween yes Absolutely. And the good thing about this time of year is I love decorating for fall. Same. And I love decorating for Halloween. And you get three whole months of those decorations. Yes, you do. And that's just amazing to me. So I don't know what you had for breakfast, but I had a plain bagel with cream cheese and everything bagel seasoning. I had um, an Eggo waffle. That sounds delicious. Was there syrup or? Yep. We, yep. I had syrup. I just did. So I had the fluffy, like the bigger ones, the Belgian Mm -hmm. style ones and just butter and maple syrup. Hell yeah. And we get the 100% maple syrup. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Some people like to get the other like $1 syrup, but 
no, no, we do not. If you're going to splurge, it, it might as well be on syrup. That's right. So for Chip's Corner, um, this is a little hard to explain, but he sent us, uh, we were talking about wind chill on our last episode, and he sent us like a wind chill chart, um, and it breaks it down to, you know, like frostbite times, and we will totally post that on the Instagram because uh, it's pretty interesting, honestly. Yeah, it really is. And it's it's super easy to it's super easy to um, understand once you see the graphic. Yeah, it's like yeah. color coded and everything. So so anyways, thank you, Chip. Um, we talked some shit on you in the last episode, but he said it was light, so it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We'll try better next time. Yeah, we'll we'll bring out the big guns next time we're feeling like talking some shit. Yeah, I fucking texted him last night and then he didn't respond until 1 a.m. and was like, oh shit, I'm sorry. I just ended D D. And I was like, God damn it. I mean, I was asleep when he texted me back, but yeah. So that's what he's probably doing right now, just sleeping off his D D night. We need to like plan. For him to actually be on a full episode. That's oh yeah. We, I know. What I mean, what number episode are we on now? Fucking like 35? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, something. 70. I don't know. Yeah, we've been we've been remiss and he just lives so far away. Obviously, he could be on a Zoom one, like right, whatever, but but it's just so much better in person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We got the second freaking mic, so. Right. Gotta figure it out. Today, we are going to be talking about another cult, because it's been a hot minute since we've talked about a cult. It really has been. And we have chosen Heaven's Gate, obviously. Duh. Um, it's a good one. There's a lot of shit out there that you can watch on it. Yes, there is. Um, <clears throat> it's a really, really strange cult yeah. compared to like the other ones we've covered. Right. So, and we'll it's, talk about it, Well, and it's, I mean, it's obviously one of the most popular ones. So you've definitely heard of this before. Yeah, of course. But I don't think like going through all of the research on it and writing this up most of the shit I didn't know well yeah I mean they I just feel like anything you watch or even pot I mean I've listened to probably two or three podcast episodes on Heaven's Gate and it seems to me like podcasts that surround things like cults or weird history and shit like that their episodes are usually like 30 minutes long I know. I've noticed that too. And I just don't know how they're even putting anything in a nutshell in 30 minutes. Yeah. It's so weird. To, uh, and there are a lot of like serial killer episodes and murders that other podcasts cover in 30 or 45 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, what, how are you talking about this whole? Sh and most, most of the time, once you dig into that case, they've left so much shit out so but much shit it's just mind-boggling that you would try and tackle that in 
45 minutes or less. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be a podcast or if you're going to fucking produce a documentary, like people are listening to that shit because they want to know all of the shit. Yeah. So that's what we'd be trying to do here. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to do give you all of the information. (laughs) All of it. So Heaven's Gate was an American new religious movement, often described as a cult. Duh. (laughs) It was founded in 1974. I mean, the fucking 70s, dude. This was the time. We've said this every single time we've talked about a cult. This is the era of the cult. Absolutely. Cults and serial killers. That's right. It was led by Bonnie Nettles and Marshall Applewhite, known within the movement as Tea and Go. So that's fucking adorable. Yeah. Whatever. I, it's, it's always a red flag whenever <laughs> the leaders of a group want you to call them by something other than their name yes yes now this one (laughs) this one isn't as bad as some of the others we've heard right it's just fucking random and yes it's it's just random well it it is incredibly random but uh, allegedly this is these names stem from the sound of music Yes. yes so like the do re mi Faso la Tito. That's Tito. There you go. That's what Tindo. That's what we there. should start calling each other. Tindo. <laughs> can we can we do Ray and me instead? Yeah. Let's Ray. do like <laughs> <laughs> I'll be me. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So Nettles and Applewhite, a.k.a. T and Doe, first met in 1972 and went on a journey of spiritual discovery. And they identified themselves as the two witnesses of Revelation, hello, attracting a following of several hundred people in the mid-1970s. In 1976, the group stopped recruiting and instituted a monastic lifestyle. Basically, they retreated, they were reclusive, they were living like monastery people, so like monks and nuns, basically. Yes. Not, no red flags there at all. None. Scholars have described the theology of Heaven's Gate as a mixture of Christian millenarianism, New Age, and ufology, And as such, it has been characterized as a UFO religion. Yes. If I'm going to be in a cult, a religious cult, it's going to be a a UFO cult. I mean, yeah, of course. Why would you join any other cult? Honestly. No. Like, I'm here for the aliens. Exactly. Exactly. The central belief of the group was that followers could transform themselves into immortal extraterrestrial beings by rejecting their human nature, and they would ascend to heaven, referred to as the, quote, next level, or the evolutionary level above human. I reject my human nature. 
I also reject my human nature. I want to be an immortal extraterrestrial. Who doesn't want to be that? Who do I need to call to Fucking, get this going? Well, a descendant of T and Doe, maybe? Maybe. Their website is still operational. Maybe we should like get them an email. <laughs> so not only are we moving to Iceland, um, but we will also be joining this cult. We are rejecting so. our human nature. Mm-hmm. I've always felt different. And it wasn't until this moment that everything kind of fell into place. Yes. Yes. This is what we call a transcendent moment. Yes. That's what's happening on the Sunday morning. So in 1985, Nettles actually died of cancer and this challenged the group's views on ascension where they originally believed that they would ascend to heaven while alive aboard a ufo later coming to believe that the body was merely a container or vehicle for the soul duh and that their consciousness will be trans- transferred to the new next level bodies upon death this all makes very much sense this, this makes complete sense, especially if you, listener, are like us and have read a lot of fantasy novels. I mean, what is this other than a meat suit? Right. Our meat suits will just change. <laughs> I want to know... I want to know what they think the extraterrestrial body is going to look like. You know, I myself haven't even put much thought into that. Um, they could look just like us. They could. With just like fucking purple skin or something. Hell yeah. I'm going to assume if they are out there like chilling, like in the fucking galaxies and shit, that... They probably have some crazy skin colors. I Yes, I want to have blue skin. I would like purple. I, I'm going to go with, and my idea of this is that you get to choose. So I'm going to go with blue skin. And I do want freckles. I want oh, like yeah. navy blue freckles. I'm feeling like almost an avatar vibe like your freckles could even be sparkles oh yes they could yes that's what i like so far on the show we have fucking built ourselves as mermaids and now it's time for aliens yeah i also want i want a pointy ear yes I, i i feel like i need a pointy ear do aliens have ears I don't know. I don't think any of the depictions I've seen gives them ears, but yeah. I feel like I I don't want just like a hole in the side of my head. So, right. And hopefully there's like something for a nose as well. I don't fuck with like the face holes for a nose. Yeah. Maybe they have gills or something like that. Gills. Yeah. Hmm. I might be freaked out. Well, gills might be cool. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens when we ascend. Yeah, we'll let but, you guys um, know. Yeah, for sure. We'll do an episode on it. 
The name Heaven's Gate was only used for the final few years of the group's existence, and they had previously been known under the names Human Individual Metamorphosis and Total Overcomers Anonymous. Those are lame as fuck. Yeah, Heaven's Gate is much cooler, which is why I think probably most media refers to them as Heaven's Gate. And not right. total overcomers anonymous. <laughs> I don't know why we're surprised that the inner workings of a cult is weird. I mean, yeah, I mean, weird. Duh. Nothing about it should be weird. Right. Alrighty. So now we're going to go ahead and talk about the <clears throat> founders of this cult a little bit. So the founders are Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles. And I want to preface this by saying that typing the name Apple White is the most awkward name to type ever. And I I just feel like the last name is fake. It has to be fake. I don't it think it is. To be. It's just Apple White. I don't know why I something about it just is not intuitive. He's, he seems like a historical figure, Marshall Applewhite. He had to leave, lead some sort of troop into battle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Um, but Applewhite was the child of a Presbyterian minister. And this kind of is in line with all of our other cults. He grew up in the church. And is that he began his biblical prophecy ways in the early 1970s. So here we are again with prophecy. Fucking A. People will never learn their lesson. I feel like maybe in the 60s and 70s, biblical prophecy was a thing. Like you don't really hear much about it now. People who Mm -hmm. are like, it really invested into religious organizations don't really talk about prophecy (laughs) they were heavy on it in the 70s heavy um applewhite had worked at the university of st thomas in houston he like i think he was a professor and taught choir he was very musically inclined he was he sang and played the piano um and he, but he was fired from St. Thomas due to an alleged relationship with one of his male students. Now, it was never explicitly stated that he was gay or bisexual, but obviously if he is having a relationship with a male student, he is certainly gay or bisexual, which, you know, whatever. And also him Applewhite and Nettles never actually had a sexual relationship or romantic relationship. So I initially thought that they were married, but they were not. Uh, Bonnie Nettles actually was married to someone else at the time that they met. So she was a nurse. And Applewhite met her at a hospital where she was working and he was visiting a sick friend. Um, he later recalled that he felt as though he had known Nettles for a long time and concluded that they had met in a past life. 
She told him their meeting had been foretold to her by extraterrestrials, persuading them that he had a divine assignment. Okay. So, I mean, she's clearly plugged in. And together, they concluded that they had been chosen to fulfill biblical prophecies, and they had been given higher level minds than other people. Naturally. And they wrote a pamphlet that described Jesus's reincarnation as a Texan, a thinly veiled reference to Applewhite, as he was clearly the chosen one. Now, I just don't know why Bonnie couldn't have been the chosen one. Why does it have to be the dude? It always has to be a fucking dude when it comes to prophecies. This is stupid. Come on. Now, we all know that if there's ever going to be a chosen one to save this earth, it's going to be a woman clearly Duh. fucking clearly whatever it's yeah. probably because his name was apple white yeah i'm 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 telling you guys penis wielders are not gonna save this earth they just aren't <laughs> oh, shit. I, I really enjoy the term penis wielder <laughs> i do like that i do like that a lot <clears throat> anyway uh moving on so Nettles and Applewhite actually concluded that they are they were the two witnesses described in the book of Revelations. And they would occasionally visit, visit churches and other spiritual gatherings to speak of their identities and would often refer to themselves as, quote, the two or the UFO two. No, we are the UFO two. That's right. They were in Ray and me. Ray and me. They believed they would be killed and then restored to life and in view of others transported onto a spaceship. This event they referred to as the demonstration was to prove their claims. So of course. This is all routine. normal shit (laughs) the reincarnated jesus as a texan is just i love that the hilarity in that idea is just unavoidable like jesus was a middle eastern i just can't imagine you know jesus coming back as a white dude honestly i just can't i mean If Jesus came back as a white dude, he would clearly be from Idaho. Well, yeah. Um, The land of potatoes. (laughs) I just don't understand this claim, but whatever. Yeah. So we're going to get into the timeline here. And uh, we're just going to back and forth it because it's a fucking timeline. It's a long one. Yeah. It's it's lengthy. It's not as long as some we've done. I think our next oh, no. may have been our longest. Dude, that was such a badass episode. That really, really was. Honestly, if you haven't listened to, it was a two parter, wasn't it? No, we managed to get oh, that done in one. We fucking did that shit. Yeah, if you haven't listened to that, go back. Just stop right now and go listen to Nexium. Yeah, because it's that shit is current. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like two years ago current yeah some of them still haven't even been sensed kind of current it's so crazy it really is 
Okay, so why don't we all read down to uh, like September 1975? Okay. That seems like half. Yeah. Okay. So we already know March 1972, Apple, White, and Nettles meet. By June of 1972, they had spent their time studying the Bible, Christianity, asceticism. You think that's right? Yeah. And eschatology, and have now solidified their beliefs into a basic outline. So they're out here basically building the shit that they want people to believe i guess Mm -hmm. they're constructing their doctrine yes that they concluded that they had been chosen to fulfill biblical prophecies and that they had been given higher level minds than other people of course unfortunately for them their beliefs were poorly received by established religious communities I don't know why that would have happened. <laughs> that one it all seems, seems very likely to me. Yeah. In May of 1974, Nettles and Applewhite gained their first follower in Sharon Morgan. She actually left her family and her children to join. Left her children <laughs> to join fucking T and Doe on their ufo fucking prophecies yep okay sharon left two months later to return to her family so very this woman is very flaky get it together sharon i mean come on figure out what you want to do with your life please nettles and applewhite were actually arrested and charged with credit card fraud for using sharon morgan's cards despite the fact that she had consented to their use. And as always, in most of our episodes, when people are accused of a crime, the charges were later dropped. Yep. So whatever. In late 1974 to early 1975, a routine check brought up that Applewhite had stolen Mm -hmm. a rental car from St. Louis nine months earlier, which he was still in possession of. Idiot. And he subsequently spent six months in jail, primarily in Missouri, and was released. Yeah, so that's cool. And he was released in early 1975, rejoining Nettles. So shout out. Criminal. Yeah, up here in Missouri. (laughs) In April of 1975, a meeting was held with a metaphysical group of 80 people and this was led by Clarence Klug in Joan Culpepper's Studio City, Los Angeles home. They shared their simultaneous revelation that they had been told they were the two witnesses written into the Bible's story of the end times. This is just wild. Mm -hmm. While accounts of the meeting differ, all describe it as momentous and agree that Applewhite and Nettles presented themselves as charismatic leaders with an important spiritual message, as, as do most cult do. leaders. Yeah. 
between 23 and 27 individuals decided to join the group as a result of this meeting. So they were clearly very persuasive. Mm-hmm. And these people are probably like, you know what? This can totally happen. Like all of this makes perfect sense to me. Right. I want to shed my meat suit. That's right. And go to fucking space. <clears throat> now I, we talked about how there's a documentary that's fairly new. It's like a four part series on HBO on Heaven's Gate. It's, I think it's called Heaven's Gate Cult of Cults on HBO. Um, I did start watching it. I think I watched the first full episode and maybe most of the second episode. Um, it just, I found it to not be as a attention grabbing as other things I've watched. And most of it was information I already knew because I had already fully researched this episode and written yeah. it. So it just felt like information I already knew, but um, what is good about the documentary is that a lot, not a lot, but there are several people in the documentary who were members of Heaven's Gate back yes. in the 70s and like attended the, the meeting at, in LA and there's another big meeting that they have um, in Washington, I believe, Washington State and you know, they talk about that experience and whatever. So that part of it is really cool. But um, yeah, for an HBO doc, it wasn't as good as it could have been. Yeah, I was expecting it to be more compelling than it was, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, because like all of their other documentaries are awesome. Right. Like, you know, but anyway, so September 1975, T and Doe preached at a motel in Waldport, Oregon. That's the one I'm talking about, Oregon, not Washington. Um, After selling all worldly possessions and saying farewell to loved ones, around 20 people vanished from the hotel and from the public eye to join the group. And there's actually in the documentary that shows like news coverage from 1975 of them being like, uh, like news anchors, like 20 people vanished. Yeah, you can see the news coverage of these 20 vanished people in that HBO doc, but uh, they just like straight up left their shit after this motel preaching or whatever. Um, So in April of 1976, the group stopped recruiting members and became incredibly reclusive. Um, they instituted a very rigid set of guidelines for everyone to follow, including banning sexual activity and the use of drugs. Um, Lame. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck are these people doing then? <laughs> what are they, coloring? I mean, yes, they are coloring. There's literally no other option for them to to occupy their time at this point. Um, So Applewhite and Nettles also solidified that they represented the sole temporal and religious authority of the group. So basically they're like, okay, 
we're establishing rules. So we're just going to come out and say it. We're the leaders. You do what we say. Right. Um, Benjamin Zeller described the movement as having transformed from a loosely organized social group to a centralized religious movement comparable to a roving monastery. So that that seems like pretty on point there. Yeah. So this these like guidelines are really what make this call interesting to me. So they clearly they're not trying to gain a massive following, which is odd because all of the other cults we followed, they're like, we want as many people like Children of God was international. So was Nexium, Jonestown, or the People's Temple had thousands of people involved. So this one wants to stay small. So that's odd. And they banned sexual activity of all kinds. So there's no sex element between the leaders and the members, which- Which is, seems to be a common thing among which, cults. Yeah, which was an element we saw in all of the other cults we've covered. There was a sex element between the leaders and the female members of the group. And it was like, obviously power dynamic issue. Yeah. The leader of all those cults, they were all disgusting humans Mm -hmm. and they were just using their power so they could require people to have sex with them, which is disgusting. So yeah, those two things really set this cult apart from all the others, I think. And which is why we picked it as the one we want to join. Yeah, duh. Duh. We don't like people and we don't want someone to require us to have sex with them, so. Right, I mean, freaking Bonnie is married and Applewhite is not interested in women. Yeah. As far as we know, so. They're, I they, guess they're just chilling. They're, yeah, I feel like because there is no sexual motivation here and there's really no monetary motivation either. Yeah. So it, it just seems like they really actually believe what they're, <laughs> what they're like preaching out here. Yeah. Like there's no other motive to this. Yeah. they have zero ulterior motive to what they're doing yeah which is weird which is weird yeah because there's always a motive there's always a motive and all of the other cults we've looked at there was a clear monetary and a clear sexual motive in all of Mm -hmm. them so (laughs) heaven's gate is an outlier so 1985 bonnie dies of cancer And this causes the overhaul of the group's central beliefs, which we talked about a little earlier, and we will talk about more in depth when we get into the actual belief section of the episode. Um, So that was 1985. The early 1990s, the group started identifying themselves under the business name Higher Source, and this is the name of their website. They use this to recruit more followers in the 1990s and then rumors began spreading throughout the group in the following years that the upcoming comet hail bop housed the secret to their ultimate salvation and ascent into the kingdom of heaven it would also it is very weird to me 
that like these people still believe in heaven yeah when they are heavily involved in the extraterrestrial aspect yeah i mean and i think obviously even still now um but back then most christians did not believe that there is life anywhere else but earth right even though there's no literature in the actual bible that says you are the only living beings in the universe uh they just interpreted it that way i guess so it is odd Mm -hmm. that they're it's like they're pulling out pieces from christianity that they like and then like pulling out pieces of other things to put put it together and make their own like religious frankenstein sort of i like it so yeah hey frankenstein an excellent novel so i'm into it but they also use the name higher source as a way to get income for the group they would sometimes provide like it services and like web design through this business name in order to get income so they were like hustling out here in these streets as well. i do like the name higher source yeah it makes sense as like a web design company mm-hmm. it's totally on brand there so but they didn't like get a lot of money they just did the bare minimum so that they could right. eat and all of that shit so in january of 94 la weekly ran an article in the group which they were then operating under the name Total Overcomers. Um, (laughs) Richard Ford discovered Heaven's Gate through this article and eventually joined them and renamed himself Rio D'Angelo. I like that. Rio (laughs) D'Angelo. Sounds like a river. Yeah. I mean, it's very close to Rio de Janeiro, which is a place. Yes. Um, (laughs) So, okay. Um, In June 1995, the group purchased some land in New Mexico. They know what they're about. (laughs) And began work creating a compound out of rubber tires and concrete. (laughs) I don't know why that's funny. It is, though. I love that. I fucking love that. (laughs) I feel like creating a whole compound using tires and concrete has a very apocalyptic post-apocalyptic vibe to it like they are out here doing what you and i should be doing (laughs) they really are like (laughs) it's not flame like you're not going to be able to light it on fire that easy it takes a lot for tires to burn and concrete doesn't burn so it's it's basically fire repellent and it's going to be sturdy they're doing everything right they are. They really are. If only there was a zombie element in this whole situation, oh. it would have everything. Literally. We, sh- we need to start as a zombie religion cult. Oh my God, we should. And like, <laughs> even pick out everyone's outfits. Yeah, there will be a uniform. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh my God, that's ridiculous. As if, as if we don't have enough going on. Let's fucking do that. Yeah, I mean, clearly we're not that busy. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to join our cult? I feel like, yeah, I mean, it will be the most non-committal cult ever. What would we call it? 
Apocalypto. That's the first thing that came to my brain, but it's not really. <laughs> I mean, we'll go with that for now. I mean, it'll change as most cults do. So, well, I'm seeing a term here later on in in this. So, there's a docu series on BBC called Louis Thoreau's Weird Weekends. I feel like Weird Weekends is cool. Dude, that is cool as fuck. <laughs> We're stealing it, Louis Thoreau. So in June of 1995, wait, no, I already read that. That's the tires and the concrete. Okay, so <laughs> in March of 96, Louis Thoreau contacted Heaven's Gate while making a program for his BBC docuseries, Weird Weekends. Um, in response to his email, Thoreau was told that Heaven's Gate could not partake in the documentary because, quote, at the present time, a project like this would be an interference with what we must focus on, end quote. So okay. why didn't we why didn't we name our podcast Weird Weekends? I don't know. That's an excellent name. Yeah, because we record on the weekends, like even though the episodes come out on Monday, yeah. we're getting weird on the weekends. That's right. God damn it. <laughs> and it's like got the, it has the alliteration happening. Mm-hmm. I, dang. This was, is, I'm pissed. Oh, damn it. Well, that would be a to, great band name too. That would be a really good band name. We have to, we have to come up with something to name Weird Weekends. So no one else steals it. Maybe when we start doing bonus episodes we can release them on Fridays and it'll be our weird weekend episodes yes that's it we have to use it somewhere we, we have to. to use it somewhere it's it's too good all right so everyone heard that we're using it no one it's taken yeah sorry George <laughs> or whatever your name was Lewis <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, Lewis. Thank you, but sorry. Um, yes. So in April of 96, so like a month after this BBC turned down, they abruptly left their New Mexico compound. No reason given. So that's weird. New Mexico is where you would think they would need to be. Yes, of course. But they, you know, left. So October of 96, the group began renting a large home, which they called the monastery. It's a 9,200 square foot mansion located. Mm -hmm. That's fucking huge. That's oh huge. My God. Uh, it's located near Kalina Norte in Rancho Santa Fe, California. They paid 7,000 per month in cash. Ugh. God, that's damn outrageous in the same month the group purchased alien abduction insurance um that would cover up to 50 members and pay out 1 million per person the policy that's what covered... i forgot that's what i <laughs> forgot to do yeah the policy covered abduction impregnation or death by aliens i does this exist still chip this is what you need to look up for the next episode can you still purchase alien abduction insurance you better fucking be able to i mean yeah i 
I bet if you live in fucking like New Mexico or Utah, that's a thing there. Because mm. if I'm abducted by aliens, I need I need insurance. some insurance, you know, so yeah. they can like pay off all my debt. Mm-hmm. So my student loans, that's my debt. Really, like, I think the only debt I have is student loans, and it's fucking ridiculous and massive, not going to lie. Anyway, so now we've come to March 19th through the 26th, 1997. Marshall Applewhite taped himself in what he called Doe's final exit. You guys know what's coming. Speaking of mass suicide, and quote, the only way to evacuate this earth. After asserting that a spacecraft was trailing Comet Haley Bop and that this event would represent the closure to Heaven's Gate, Applewhite persuaded 38 followers to prepare for ritual suicide so their souls could board the supposed spacecraft. God damn. Yeah, so that, uh, this, 97, and when was, uh, Jonestown was still in, when was that, what the they did theirs, was it still in the 70s? I don't fucking know, here, I'm gonna look it up, 78. I, yeah, okay, that makes sense. All right, we're gonna get into their belief system now. Mm-hmm. There is a debate about whether the theology of Heaven's Gate is fundamentally either New Age or Christian in nature. Benjamin Zeller has argued that the theology of Heaven's Gate was primarily rooted in evangelicalism mixed with New Age elements and a hermeneutic interpretation of the Bible read through the lens of extraterrestrial contact. Yeah, and hermeneutic is kind of, um, it is a way of interpreting something. So it's not necessarily a specific way, but it's like a lot of literary critics use hermeneutic interpretation when they read literature. So it's just basically looking at a piece of literature, or I guess in this sense, it would be religion, and interpreting it in a specific way. That sounds vague, but that's what it is. It's an interpretation tool, essentially. Perfect. I didn't know that. Yeah. Now I do. (laughs) Initially, the group had been told that they would be biologically and chemically transformed into extraterrestrial beings and would be physically transported with their bodies aboard a spacecraft that would come to Earth and take the crew to heaven which they call next level. However, when Bonnie died of cancer in 1985, it co-founded the group's doctrine. She was allegedly chosen by the next level to be a messenger on earth, yet her body died instead of leaving physically to outer space. The belief system was then revised to include the leaving of consciousness from the body as equivalent to leaving the earth in a spacecraft. Right. That's fucking, that's deep and insane. I mean, you know, essentially you only experience your body because of your mind and soul. So if your mind and soul is not in your body, then you're not physically there really. Right. Essentially. 
The members of the group gave themselves three-letter names with the suffix Adi that they adopted in lieu of their original given names, which defines children of the next level. This is mentioned in Apple White's final video, Doe's Final Exit, which was filmed March 19th and 20th in 97, just days prior to the suicides. They believed that to be eligible for membership in the next level, humans would have to shed every attachment to the planet. And this meant that all members had to give up all human-like characteristics, such as their family, friends, sexuality, individuality, jobs, money, and possessions. So literally everything. Literally everything. The evolutionary level above human, T-E-L-A-H, Tella. Tella. Was as a physical, corporeal place. Which means another it has like a fully formed shape. That's what corporeal is. Another world in our universe where residents live in pure bliss and nourish themselves by absorbing pure sunlight. That sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. At the next level, beings do not engage in sexual intercourse or eating or dying. And the things that make us mammalian here (laughs) um, just don't exist there. Right. I guess. So Heaven's Gate believed that what the Bible calls God is actually a highly developed extraterrestrial. There's there's no proof that's not true. There is no no proof. Fucking lizard people or whatever. <laughs> lizard people. It makes me think of Parks and Rec. They're called the reasonableists, and they believe that there is a giant lizard with a volcano for a mouth that controls the universe, and his name is Zorp. Hail Zorp. 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 Actually supposed to be like a spoof on Scientology, which I thought was hilarious. Hail Zorp. I need a t-shirt that says Hail Zorp. Let's fucking make some. Hell yeah. Members of Heaven's Gate actually believed that evil space aliens called Luciferians, which is weird because that is a religion luciferians are like a sect of satanism but what's weird about satanists and like luciferians they don't worship satan right it's really just they're really just atheists that like believe in science i'm pretty yes. sure either way this is not about satanism um So they believed that these evil space aliens falsely represented themselves to earthlings as God and conspired to keep humans from developing. Um, So they were, these evil space aliens were technically advanced humanoids and they have spacecrafts and space time travel, telepathy and increased lifespan. So they have all the shit. That's heavy. (laughs) They were using holograms to fake miracles. Um, They're carnal beings with gender. And they stopped training to achieve the kingdom of God thousands of years ago. Heaven's Gate believed that all existing religions on earth 
had been corrupted by these malevolent aliens. So the reason why humans are still carnal and still have gender is because these Luciferians kept us from developing. I mean, that's clear. That's clear, obviously. Um, through these base, although these basic beliefs of the group stayed generally consistent over the years, uh, the details of their ideology were flexible enough to undergo modification over time. Um, basically, the change of how you get to the next level after Bonnie Nettles died is, is what they're really pointing to here. Yeah. Um, there are a few examples of the group adding or slightly changing their beliefs, um, placing more importance on the idea of Satan and adding a couple of other new age concepts. And one of those being the belief of extraterrestrial walk-ins. So when, <laughs> when the group began, Applewhite and Nettles taught their followers that they were extraterrestrial beings. However, the idea of walk-ins became popular within the New Age subculture, and the two changed their tune and began describing themselves as extraterrestrial walk-ins. I'm not 100% sure what that fully means. Yeah, I'm not really... Uh... Really sure. Okay, so this says a walk-in is a new age concept of a person whose original soul has departed their body and has been replaced with a new different soul. Oh, duh. Okay, basically, yeah. So they started out as one person and then were chosen and have become someone new and are now an extraterrestrial. I guess. Okay. So, well, Jesus, I defined it in the next bullet point. I need, I'm such an idiot. The idea of walk-ins is very similar to the concept of being possessed by spirits. Uh, but in a good way. But in a good way, I guess. An entity who occupies a body that has been vacated by its original soul. Um, Heaven's Gate came to believe an extraterrestrial walk-in is a walk-in that is supposedly from another planet. Okay. Cool. This aid, this concept aided Applewhite and Nettles in personally starting from what they considered to be clean slates. In this so-called clean slate, they are no longer considered by members of this Heaven's Gate group to be the people that they had been prior to the start of the group, but had taken on a new life. This gave them a way to erase their hurt, their human personal histories as the histories of souls who formerly occupied the bodies of Applewhite and Nettles. So what do they just come in and then like act like they don't know anyone? I don't know. I don't think. I mean, if it's, if it's a new mind and a new soul and it's this new being inside of this human body yeah the concept it kind of has it's kind of a little bit um contradictory in that way because like bonnie nettles had a daughter who she still communicated with um like via letter 
Right. Up until Sheila got sick. Yeah, so, so I'm confused. Yeah, so I mean, I would think, logistically speaking, if you were a walk-in and your vehicle was occupied by a new soul, you would be completely different. You would not have any of the same mannerisms and you wouldn't know the people that you knew in your right. life. Like it would be a legitimate, like clean slate. You just wouldn't know any of these people anymore. Yes. So that's, but that's not what happened here. I don't think they never said anything about not knowing anyone that they used to know. Weird. Yeah. Um, over time, Apple White also revised his identity within the group to encourage the belief that the walk-in that was inhabiting his body was the same that had done so to Jesus 2,000 years ago. He's calling himself Jesus, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, similar to Nestorianism, this belief stated that the person of Jesus and the spirit of Jesus were separable. Okay. Okay. This, <laughs> this meant that Jesus was simply the name of the body of an ordinary man that held no sacred properties that was taken over by an incorporeal sacred entity to deliver next level information. <laughs> God damn. Oh my God. That is... That's crazy. That is just no. Alrighty. No. Jesus was possessed. That's what they're saying. All right, cool. Oh, another new age belief that they adopted was the ancient astronaut hypothesis. Um, this term is used to refer to various forms of the concept that extraterrestrials visited Earth in the distant past. Now, that one, I mean, that has to be obvious, right? In right. Any UFO, ufology, whatever, they, everyone just accepts the fact that aliens are out there and they have visited the Earth. Yeah. Millions of years. Um. So Applewhite and Nettles took part of this concept and taught it as the belief that aliens planted the seeds of current humanity millions of years ago and have come to reap the harvest of their work in the form of spiritually evolved individuals who will join the ranks of flying saucer crews. Only a few, <laughs> only a select few members will be chosen to advance to this transhuman state. That's an excellent term. The rest mm -hmm. will be left to wallow in spiritually poisoned atmosphere of a corrupt world. Great. Um, only individuals who choose to join Heaven's Gate and follow Applewhite and Nettles and make the sacrifices required by membership will be allowed to escape human suffering. All righty. Wow. We're Shit's getting real deep real fast. That is what I'm picking up here is we are fucked. <laughs> so there are a few techniques to enter the next level, according to Heaven's Gate, and we're going to talk about them. <laughs> this is what I've been waiting for. This, you guys, this is the key. 
there are four methods to enter or graduate to the next level. So physical pickup onto a Tela spacecraft and transfer to a next level body aboard that craft. In this version, what Professor Zeller calls a UFO version of the rapture, an alien spacecraft would descend to Earth, collect Applewhite, Nettles, and their followers, and their human bodies would be transformed through biological and chemical processes to perfect beings. And this and other UFO-related beliefs, that was my phone. I got a message about the weather. Hopefully it's nothing serious. Um, so this and other UFO-related beliefs held by the group have led some observers to characterize them as a UFO religion. I mean, that make, that's clear. Yeah. Um, so you can go physically on the spacecraft. Then also there's natural death, accidental death, or death from random violence. Okay. So here the graduating soul leaves the human container for a next level body. So basically so you can you can get stabbed and you graduate. Yeah. So if you die for reasons that are not your fault, then you get to you get to graduate. Cool. Easy. That easy. So outside persecution that leads to death. So after the deaths of the Branch Davidians in Waco, Texas, and the events involving Randy Weaver at Ruby Ridge, good Lord, that was a tongue twister. <laughs> um, Applewhite was afraid that the American government would murder members of Heaven's Gate. So that's why they added this method of getting to the next level um, in case you were persecuted for your beliefs. Right. And the last is willful exit from the body in a dignified manner. Near the end, Applewhite had a revelation that they might have to abandon their human bodies and achieve the next level, such as Jesus had done. This actually occurred on March 22nd and 23rd when 39 members died by suicide and graduated. Mm. So there are your four ways. Well, I mean, it seems doable. Mm -hmm. um, it does seem doable. If anyone was worried about not graduating, at least there were many ways to graduate. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you just you, had to die. Yeah, you have to, basically, unless you happen to catch a flight. Right. So. I don't know which one is more likely to happen. Yeah. But anyways, so next is the structure. And this is, I mean, different than a lot of cults. Mm -hmm. um, so it was only open to people over the age of 18. And that's very rare. And honestly, this is what we need to see in any up and coming cults because let, let's let's leave kids out of this legal yeah. adults only. Thank you. You know, if you're 17, sorry, I don't care if you believe in UFOs, you're not getting into this cult. Nope. You're nope. not getting into weird weekends. Nope. We card everyone. Yes. 
In the documentary on HBO, several former members talked about how most members seemed to actually believe in what Applewhite and Nettles were saying. I mean, clearly, since they were joining the cult. Yeah. Um, so, but it didn't appear to be brainwashing, which happens in a lot of other cults because Heaven's Gate kind of started out as what it ended up being. Like yeah. this is this is it. Either one end or you don't. Where a lot of cults just start out as one thing and end up completely different. They lure people in with like the one thing and right. then get them in so deep that they can't leave even when they discover that it's like super sinister and there's bad shit happening like with Nexium and the collateral that they would collect like new mm-hmm. photos and all that kind of stuff they they got them into a place where the members felt like they couldn't leave even if they wanted to which right. this was not happening in heaven's gate no other than the fucking mass suicide at the end there wasn't a lot of weird shit happening yeah there wasn't a lot of inappropriate right sinister shit going on right so um but i mean members did give up all of their personal possessions and lived a um very ascetic is that what that is ascetic ascetic i think lived a very ascetic lifestyle which is a lifestyle where people abstain from any type of sensual pleasure and really any other type of indulgence so i guess just a boring plain life yeah what makes this cult so interesting and like i mean we've said it already but their sex did not play any role in this group whatsoever because I mean, I would say what fucking 99% of cults, they have that motive in the end, but that just wasn't the case here because they, because they rejected sex entirely. So, right. Right. I was trying to get up here. (laughs) The group was really tightly knit and everything was communal, communally shared. And in public, each member of the group always carried only a $5 bill and one roll of quarters. That's very specific. (laughs) Yes, it is. Um, Eight of the male members of the group, including Applewhite, voluntarily underwent castration as an extreme means of maintaining their lifestyle. Um, So, I mean, that's fucking weird. Yeah, that's that's up there on the weird factor but i mean it doesn't say that it was forced castration right right especially since it only eight of the male members of the group and there were many more than just that so yeah i'm pretty sure that this was in entirely voluntary it i yes. mean it says voluntarily underwent castration so um I mean, if, if people want to get castrated, that's their body and their choice. Yeah. So. I mean, they'll probably regret it. Probably. But whatever. Yeah. The group initially attempted castration by having one of the members, who was a former nurse, perform the castration. But this initial attempt was 
very unsuccessful and almost resulted in the patient's death and caused at least one member to leave Heaven's Gate. I mean, I'm not sure what's worse than a botched castration. I mean, for real. Um, You're just, for the rest of your life, it'll never be the same down there. Yeah. And botched castration, I feel like, is an excellent death Band name. (laughs) (laughs) At least a song name. Yes. Oh my God, that's amazing. If anyone of you out there is looking to start a death metal band or a deathcore band and you're looking for a name, botched castration is an excellent choice. Yes. So you're welcome. We would like some form of royalty from whatever money you make. I mean, give us a shout out on your album cover. Yeah. (laughs) To to Ray and me, botched castration. So after the botched castration, every castration that followed that was done in a hospital. So very smart on their end. Yes. The group earned revenues by offering professional website development for paying clients under the business name Hire Source. Mm -hmm. The cultural theorist Paul Virilio has described the group as a cyber sect owing to its heavy reliance on computer-mediated communication as a mode of communication. As of July of this year, 2021, the group's website is still online. So, get on there. Get on there. See, like, and them having, like, a business to earn themselves money is also, like really different than all the other cults yeah we didn't see any of the other cults doing things to earn them money no they were just they were taking it from their members yeah exactly so that's they're they're like (laughs) really i don't it's very they're just very well-rounded yeah they're very well-rounded they're Mm -hmm. (laughs) go-getters I mean, what else do you need in a cold? Um, So now we're going to talk about the mass suicide. This is a real downer. Um, The other elements of this cult have not been really that big of a downer. No. Um, But the mass suicide is. So oddly enough, the group stated that they were against suicide. Mm -hmm. However... (laughs) their definition of suicide is much different. They defined suicide as turning against the next level when it is being offered. And they believed their human bodies were only vehicles meant to help them on their journey. Therefore, suicide would be not allowing their consciousness to leave their bodies and join the next level. Remaining alive instead of participating in the group suicide was actually considered suicide of their consciousness. So in conversation, yeah, uh, yeah. So in, in general conversation, when referring to a person or a person's body, they routinely use the word vehicle. Mm-hmm. So, um, Applewhite believed that after their deaths, a UFO would take their souls to another level of human existence, which he described as being both physical and spiritual. 
and their preparations for this ascension included each member videotaping a farewell message. Ooh, okay. To kill themselves, members took a phenobarbital mixed with applesauce or pudding and washed it down with vodka. So, I mean, um, okay. They put it in, they also put plastic bags around their heads after taking the poison to induce asphyxiation. So they were not trying to fail at killing themselves. They, yeah, they were taking measures. They had plan B's in place. Um, all 39 members seem to be wearing uniforms of some sort. They were all dressed in matching black t-shirts and sweatpants, brand new black and white Nike decades, and armbands that read Heaven's Gate Away Team. This is one of many instances of the group's use of Star Trek verbiage. Uh, I've never actually seen Star Trek, but apparently Away Team is a Star Trek reference, so. Um, I'm borderline starving to death. Just side note. Same. So, <laughs> um, also each member had a $5 bill and three quarters in their pockets and former members stated that this was standard for members leaving home for jobs as a quote, humorous way to tell us they all had left the planet permanently. The $5 bill was for covering the cost of vagrancy laws and the quarters were for calling home from pay phones. Huh. Hmm. Vagrancy laws. Is that a thing? I, I'm assuming it was back in the day. I guess so. Having a $5 bill meant that you were not a vagrant. Cool. There's nothing wrong with a little cash in your pocket. That's right. Makes you feel a little better. It does. It does. The 39 members took the poison mixture in groups. Once a member was dead, a living member would arrange the body by removing the plastic bag from the person's head, then posed the body so that it was in its own bed, their faces and torsos covered by a square purple cloth for privacy. Creepy. In an interview with Harry Robinson, the two surviving members said that the identical clothing was used as a uniform for the mass suicide to represent unity, while the Nike decades were chosen because the group got a good deal on the shoes. <laughs> okay. Weird. The, um, so out of the 39, oh my God, my ankle just popped and that hurt really bad. I heard it. Out of the 39, 21, there were 21 women and 18 men between the ages of 26 and 72. And um, it's believed that they died in three groups over three successive days with remaining participants cleaning up after each prior group's deaths. The suicides occurred in groups of 15, 15, and 9 between March 22nd and March 26th. So this is very planned out. Yeah, it was incredibly planned. Yeah, I mean, they bought shoes for fuck's sake. Yeah. 
they had armbands made, they divided into groups and they had the cloths and the bags and all the shit. It, that's, and that's so creepy. creepy. It's super creepy. I don't like it. Mm-mm. So Apple White was the third to last member to die and two people remained after him. And they were the only ones who would be found with bags over their heads, not having the purple cloths covering their top halves, because obviously there was no one else to do it. Yeah. Before the last of the suicides, similar sets of packages were sent to numerous Heaven's Gate affiliated individuals or formally affiliated individuals. And at least one media outlet, the BBC department responsible for Lewis Thoreau's Weird Weekends, for which Heaven's Gate had earlier declined participation in, um, which I don't know why. It's not like they were like hiding. Yeah. I think their basically thing was, we don't have time for this. Yeah, I guess. Yes. So among those in the list of recipients was Rio D'Angelo and the package he received on the evening of March 25th contained two VHS tapes, one with Doe's final exit and the other with the farewell messages of group followers. It also contained a letter stating that among other things, quote, we have exited our vehicles just as we entered them. Upon informing his boss of the contents of the packages, D'Angelo received a ride from him from Los Angeles to the Heaven's Gate home in Rancho Santa Fe, so he could verify the letter. He found a back door intentionally left unlocked to allow access and used a video camera to record what he found. After leaving the house, D'Angelo's boss, who had waited outside, encouraged him to make calls to authorities, alerting them alerting them to his discovery. That, that would be a fucking crazy thing to just walk into. Yeah, super, super crazy. I'm pretty sure that when D'Angelo called the police, he was like trying to make the call anonymously. Like this is an anonymous tip that there's a house at this address and all these dead people. I think it was a mass suicide, whatever. Yeah. So. I don't know how I would make that call, dude. I don't know. That's so weird. Probably makes you sound a little guilty. It does, yeah. I probably, if I received this package in the mail, I might just call police at that point and not go to the site. No. And be like, hey, I received this in the mail. Uh, Maybe check this out. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure why this came to me, but here you go. Yeah. Weird. So, I mean, out of a lot of the cults, this one's probably the most interesting to me. Yeah. It's the least sinister, even though there is the mass suicide element. It's still like... Yeah, like the drama's not there. Yeah. Right. And so that's what makes it so different. It, yes, it does. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to me 
other than the fact that T and Doe uh, founded a cult right um you know a fucking doomsday cult basically yeah they really did i mean i don't think a mass suicide was ever their end goal intention yeah i don't think i think originally before her death they thought they were all gonna be transported in their living bodies so right they just changed course after she died of cancer. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think maybe Applewhite, I don't know. Cause his whole thing was this comet, the hail bop comet or Haley. I don't know if it's hail or Haley. I think it's hail, hail bop comet was going by. And apparently the spaceship was behind the comet yeah. So that's why they had to do it on that date because of the comet or whatever. But I don't know. It's it's weird because it doesn't have a lot of the things we typically see in a cult, but it still has a chosen one situation. We're still seeing yeah. like prophecy shit, doomsday, and communal living. So yeah. I mean, it still hits all of your regular cult bullet points. Yeah. But at the same time, it wasn't super fucking corrupt or anything. Yeah, it didn't have, like, the seedy underbelly of all the others. Exactly. So, so that's wild. it. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's Heaven's Gate. I didn't go Heaven's to their... Gate. I didn't go to their website to peruse or anything, um, but I did link their website in our sources, I'm pretty sure. So maybe I did go to their website and look at it. Damn, now I don't remember. I, I found the website and linked it in the sources. So if you want to <laughs> see what they're about on the interwebs now, you can. Do it. It's there. And I, I also linked the HBO documentary. Um, it's on HBO Max or regular HBO, I guess. I don't know. I don't have regular TV, so. I have HBO Max. Yeah. I like it. It has a lot of, like, good shit on there. Yeah, But I does. don't watch it a lot. I don't think I've ever watched anything on it, honestly. Really? I probably subscribe to it to watch one particular thing. Mm-hmm. And I've just never done it again. Yeah, I got it specifically to watch Friends. Um, I'm pretty sure. God, what? You know what I think it was? I think it was the documentary on Adnan. Oh yeah, probably. Yep, I think that's what it was. Well, we're gonna have to do Adnan, dude. We have to do Adnan. We, I think we've said this before. I'm pretty sure we have. Adnan. Yeah. His case is like, honestly, because of Serial, really jump-started all true crime podcasts after that. Like, oh, yeah. Every single true crime podcaster that I've ever listened to has referenced Serial at some point. Mm-hmm. So I really, That's yeah. great. That case is just so insane. 
It's so insane. It is. I've listened to Serial three times. I've only listened to Serial once, but I have listened to Serial, then Undisclosed does a whole season on Adnan, and Undisclosed is actually done by an attorney, Robbie Ashadri, mm-hmm. and she's she personally knows Adnan and his family. So yeah. Undisclosed is excellent. They go into a ton of detail on like the legalities and all of that. And then the first season of Truth and Justice with Bob, with Bob Ruff does it non as well, his whole case. So yeah, we we need to do it non, and then we need to do Johnny Gosh. Mm-hmm. And um, there was another one I was thinking of the other day. It's not popping into my head right now, but it will. Yeah anyways yeah but that's it on heaven's gate that is heaven's gate um hopefully when we die in our late 90s we will be able to graduate to the next level yeah um and be our true selves our true selves (laughs) um i am thinking i'm gonna cut out of here at 80 I mean, you never know. You live a pretty healthy lifestyle. I do. My grandparents are in their early 70s and they're still like sprightly as hell. Um, I just don't, I do not want to live to the point where I can't take care of myself. Like when someone else, when I have to resume wearing a diaper, I no longer want to be alive. (laughs) I'm just going to put that out there. I know people do it and like, I'm not trying to talk shit on adult diaper wearers. I just don't want to be one. Dakota will be more than happy to change your diapers. Absolutely fucking not. No, he, maybe he would be willing to do that, but I'm just gonna, I just don't want to live that long. hopefully I like lose my mind first and I don't know what's happening then it would it wouldn't even matter but being no. old just I don't want I, I want to have all of my faculties while I'm alive you know I for some reason have like extreme anxiety about turning 30 and mm. I know I'm only 27 not that 30 is old because it's not old at all um I don't know. I just feel like I haven't reached that level of adulthood yet to be a 30 something year old person. Yeah. Well, as a 31 year old person, I feel the exact same as I did. Then I, I feel a little better now. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have any weird anxiety about turning 30. I often forget that I'm in my thirties because I feel the exact same way I did when I was in my twenties. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that I'll only be 36 when my oldest child graduates high school. Yeah. That is, that is, um, pretty wild. I mean, and I'll only be 40 when Jameson graduates. So I think that's why I already feel old in the first place mm-hmm. maybe that's like Caden, 
still feel 20 because I don't have any responsibles, basically. I mean, there's something about my kid turning nine in a couple of months that I'm just like, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way I've been raising another human life for almost a fucking decade. Yeah. It's wild. It is wild. But yeah. Anyways, we'll wrap this up. Um, my AirPods are starting to hurt my ear holes. Mm, yeah. These aren't the comfiest. Especially in my left ear because oh, of my yeah. tragus piercing and it just like pokes it out of my ear. Yeah. But um, Haley and Ariel, you're amazing. And you two are clearly the chosen ones if there are to ever be chosen ones because you're just fucking legit. Yeah, that's right. Talented. So, out the ass. Out the ass. Um, also, if you guys would like to assist us in our development to the next level of podcasting, you can subscribe to the show, share Please. us with your friends. And if you're on Apple Pods, you can rate us five stars and write us a review. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you want to talk shit in your written review, please rate us five stars anyway. If, if, yeah. we, have to, if we have to re- read you talking shit, we should at least get five stars out of the deal. Yeah, like if you're going to ruin our day, at least give us five stars. Yeah. It's yeah. a it's a win-win for both of us, I think. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's all for this one. Um, and we will see you soon with some new shit. Um, get yourselves ready because we're going to start doing a bunch of Halloween shit. Hell yeah. So like three months worth of Halloween shit. Yeah. It's instead of doing like the 31 days of Halloween, we're going to do a full 90 90 days of Halloween. (laughs) So prepare Um, prepare anyway so in the meantime just uh, be kind out there and stay weird okay goodbye bye